Hello and welcome to another episode of Fikava Chat. Today we are talking about dreams and unfortunately sort of a lot of our dreams especially over the last 18 months didn't come through because of the worldwide pandemic but yet there are some people or some colleagues out there who have held on to their dreams to their big ideas and they show us that there is just so much more to life than just veterinary medicine. So that uh, the, well, what shall I say, the horizon is, or the sky is the limit. If in this case here, however, the limit is something in the reach of, in the range of 100,000 kilometers, all the way around the earth, going through 66 countries, five continents, and ideally down the line breaking world Guinness World Record. So what we are talking here tonight about is traveling around the world uh, as a couple of veterinary surgeons in an ambulance. So I'd like to welcome to this episode of Fikava Vet Chat, Rachel Nixon and Lauren Stodi. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Wolfgang. <laughs> and it's very nice, I should say, you're joining us actually from inside your ambulance. We are. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you give us, to start with, right away, a little bit of a guided tour? So how, how, how does it look like in there? How Again, can we it's imagine? It's tidy. It's a very small space, but we're, we're currently sat in the um, dining, living area. It, it, this converts into a second living area. I will just try and turn the uh, very small space. Okay. So um, there's a kitchen over here. Yeah. On this side. Yeah. Uh, dogs on the floor at the moment. Oh yes, I forgot to mention Peggy is joining. Or oh yes, oh she listened to her words. <laughs> name as well. So Peggy is coming with you, yeah, for at least part of the journey. And that's the okay. Kind of in, in the back of an ambulance, that's as much space. It's the quickest house viewing you've ever been to. <laughs> that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And uh, I, uh, I have to, I have to admit how this sort of interview came sort of about. Um, we met uh, um, uh, a little while ago in Cornwall, where you had parked your ambulance sort of behind a clinic where I was locoming, and I thought what is this about <laughs> so what a crazy idea and then we obviously started talking so talking about crazy ideas of great sort of uh, uh well which are they sort of uh, attempts to uh, uh to do something unusual how did you come up with this idea and who whose fault was it I think it's, it's combined effort uh, yeah. to make it as complicated as possible but it we didn't start out as 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 evolved as it has at the moment um mm. we met in new zealand a couple of years ago and we started talking about wanting to do a trip uh, we had actually discussed doing the mongol rally which is you you get a a car that's under 500 pounds and you drive it from uh london to ulaanbaatar in uh, in mongolia 
and that <laughs> had been our, that had that had our initial sort of okay let's let's do this and um then we started dating and we were sort of planning this trip to go to mongolia mm -hmm. very much plan your own route which i think is our our, our first uh, where it all went wrong because we started trying to include so many places between london and mongolia that we were just going wow this is this is really not a very direct route and mm. i think one of us fatefully said well if we're going halfway around the world why don't we just keep going mm. and and so it sort of started to morph into okay we, we weren't going to do the mongol rally anymore we were going to try and try. do something do something ourselves but in the same spirit trying to sort of drive through very much under our own steam um and I was still in New Zealand at the time and Rachel was over here doing an internship at Liverpool University mm. and your brother had spotted this ambulance on eBay. Mm. Um, that was it really, we weren't it? looking for an ambulance, we were just mm. looking for either a Land Rover or a Toyota to sort of convert and to, mm. to use for travel purposes mm. and I don't know, we just fell in love with it and... and that was it really, wasn't it? Yeah. So. so so with the with with the ambulance, I mean, we, we were talking here about Guinness World Record. I mean, if you manage to do this hundred thousand plus kilometers, um, has anyone attempted that in ambulance before? Is there such a record already? No. So it's been done in a fire engine. It's been done in a police mm -hmm. car. It's been done in a taxi. No one's yet done it in an ambulance. So we have a minimum that we have to do, um, yeah. but we will. I think we're effectively the first people doing it. So as long as we get over, I think it's 20,000 kilometers, um, then we have the record. Have the record. Um, but I think hopefully, if, as long as it all goes to plan, we're going to hopefully go further than that. So yeah. that's the plan. Okay, okay. I mean, ambulance also, I mean, a fire engine. I'm, I'm just thinking, ooh, that might be... The uh, that might get you into some interesting situations because sort of people might think, oh, yes, ambulance is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> where, where, where they might be, I don't know, pleasantly or not pleasantly surprised if uh, if they realize, oh, this is, this is a different sort of ambulance. Or you might actually, I don't know, have to, I expect it to, to suddenly transport people or animals or something like that. I mean, that. we have part of the requirement for the Guinness World Record was for us to um, obviously keep the outside looking like an ambulance, but the, the, the vehicle has to be able to function as an ambulance um should the should the situation arise so we are carrying a stretcher we're carrying a fully stocked first aid kit the the mm. center of the ambulance can be packed away so you can fit a stretcher in the middle still um mm. so it, 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 technically yes we, we we could get asked to do something there's enough i think mm. writing on the outside that as soon as someone gets close enough they might realize it's, that, bets. Uh, it's just bets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I, ha I had a few clients that, I mean, that might not bode well on the on the uh, uh, national health system in the UK, but, <laughs> but I had quite a few clients that that were admitting to me actually that they rather would be treated by a vet than, than <laughs> by a human doctor. I should say at this point, my wife is a human doctor, and I I'm in trouble for comments like that. So, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> but well, that's that's in any case, I think sort of being treated by a vet is maybe sometimes not the worst option you might get, no. rather than by an accountant or I don't know <laughs> something like that. So that's great. So, so then the planning, I mean, around the world, sort of how where do you start? Because I mean, the, uh, the Europe is possibly fairly straightforward, although you might possibly sort of correct me on that. But then so many other countries, visas, um, uh, 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 legal requirements to get into the country, I don't know, sort of proof of, well, that you can support yourself financially also, uh, proof that you won't uh, apply for asylum or something. <laughs> I don't know. So also, I mean, you take Peggy with you. Um, Sort of, uh, uh, I don't know in how far you need uh, uh, um, ex uh, import health certificates for the dog or something like that. So tell me, how do you do it? I think it's got worse post-Brexit and post-Covid. I think that has made the world so much more complicated um, for planning. Um, Europe, I think, wasn't going to be a problem. I think it might be a little bit more with, uh, we're both British citizens. So I think with Brexit, that's going to make things a bit more complicated um we are on sort of plan f at the moment it has it keeps changing and at the moment we're we're very much keeping a very though we have the route that we've 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 planned to go through everything is going to very much change when we as soon as we leave we'll be planning ahead pretty much uh, looking to see what the situations are with regard to covid entry requirements um war zones, war zones or, what's uh, changing whatever, yeah. um because obviously part of our route is going to go past afghanistan that might change you know Quite we don't know what's going to yeah. happen yeah. Uh, uh, up until recently azerbaijan was starting to have problems with their neighbors and we're, dri we're driving through there so it is going to be very much we have the route we want to do but it's liable to change as we go um, yeah. Rachel's done most of the trip planning. Mm -hmm. um, we sort of <laughs> separated it out quite early on um, to just divvy up tasks. I, I was very much responsible for sourcing equipment and um, yeah. with vehicle related stuff. And then Rachel's taken more of the admin role in terms of organising the day to day, everything else. <laughs> yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. And how do you finance all that? Sort of, you have sort of worked sort of as locals in advance, and then you hope to live no, off your savings, we, or are you hoping to get house. opportunities we, to work along the way? I mean, we uh, we don't have a house. We don't really have material possessions. Wise, we don't really own a lot. We've sort of got rid of most of what we did own, um, mm. and we've locumed fairly non-stop now for the last three years yeah so mm. we saved as hard as we can before we go yeah um i guess there are going to be periods for instance when we get to russia and then we put the the vehicle on a boat to well hopefully to australia or new zealand um mm. there's going to be sort of six to eight weeks that the car's on the boat so if needs be we're gonna have to work when it's on boats to, to sort of finance the next leg that's the plan yeah, yeah, yeah. We are taking some, we have sort of joined um, sort, of, sort of online 
vet blogging companies and things so potentially there's the opportunity to do a bit a little bit of writing along the road it's not going to keep us in 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 travel but it will help us just keep the the keep things ticking over a little bit and cover some of some costs that we're going to experience but yeah. most of most of the money that we're going to have to spend we've saved for over the last couple of years and we've budgeted mm. Yeah. fairly vigorously to sort of cover for most eventualities um yeah mm. with, you know and with a lot of contingency for for, for worst case scenario so mm. i mean you're starting off your, your 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 trip in europe and i mean this is this is something for cover vet chat when we talk about for we always sort of talk about the for family and, and 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 what i often find is sort of uh vets especially companion animal vets around the world we are i mean that there are not so many of us and uh, if you are that in one country and you meet somebody else you might not know each other directly but it's usually just one handshake away from a person you 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 both know and uh, i mean i i'm a sort of a great fan of visiting colleagues in different countries seeing how they work and uh, how their life is and uh, i at this point probably like to point out you you have a website um it's www.overlandingambulance.com we will also write it down uh, at the end of this uh, um, uh, YouTube uh, video and the, the podcast and uh, you can also see it on the Fikava uh, uh, website then uh, so uh, if somebody sort of uh, um, uh, sees it and wants to get in touch with you guys you can one can do that through your website hmm? yeah, we, we would love that we have actually had a people we contact from us from Bulgaria there's a, a lovely vet from Bulgaria who works in shelter yeah. medicine there who contacts yeah. If you you know if you need somewhere to park the ambulance and have a shower and see the, mm. the clinic and we would be so we've both been quite lucky we have worked in a, in different countries as vets and I, it's super interesting seeing vetting in different mm -hmm. countries different so yeah. I find it so interesting so we would love that really yeah. really would love that yeah. and it would be for us also it would be nice to follow your journey actually sort of uh, not only through Europe but also around the globe it's just. It's such a nice sort of idea, sort of, I mean, you, you, I know you both are hardworking vets, but then also you you just grasp this opportunity to say, okay, let's do something completely different. Yeah. And sometimes it's possible to combine these two things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so that's just so so great. So, so going back to Peggy, so Peggy is coming with you all the way or part of the way, or what's the plan with her? I think we would love her to come all the way. I think mm. logistically she's probably going to come for a good portion of it. Um, mm. We're going to take her at least to to the point where we get to Turkey. Yeah, she's mm. going to do Europe. I well, think she'll do definite. Europe, but we may have to consider before we start going into the Stans and out mm. to Mongolia. And then mm. from there, we're going to have to start doing a lot of shipping between countries. I think at that stage, I think to to be fair on her as well yeah we, we would probably um send her back home yeah. to be with your parents yeah, which she loves anyway she loves so <laughs> she's she moved mm. to new zealand once and she's done the flight uk to new zealand new zealand back but mm. that was for like we were there for 
three years mm -hmm. so I don't know that I would necessarily ship her for shorter yeah I think realistically she um that might be her so the journey starts in Europe and but then you're heading down to Africa uh to uh, take part uh in the uh, um, what is that? The uh, Sahara Banga rally is that correct? Is that still it, it the was case? Until last week, but unfortunately, there's been a state extension of a state of emergency in Morocco yeah. because of um, COVID and COVID political, and political up, upheaval there. So mm. actually, that's had to literally last week was cancelled. Mm. Um, so we so we are the routes Very changed nice. slightly. Um, we will be leaving on the second, heading down through France into Spain, uh, Portugal, yeah. and we'll go as far as Gibraltar before circling back up um, to head towards uh, Italy. Um, mm -hmm. The reason we're doing that part of the route, um, because what we're also wanting to do is achieve a true circumnavigation of the globe. And there are certain stipulations if you're going to do that. And one of them is to be able to hit Antipodean points. So mm -hmm. two points equidistant on the other side of the globe. There aren't mm -hmm. many of those, uh, particularly in, on the route that we're taking. So some of those are in, in Spain. So we're, we're going to hit the points that we need to for, to for later on and then head back down through, through Italy to so your Greece. sister yeah. and then into Greece. Um, because, of COVID, because of Brexit, sorry, it has changed how we're traveling through Europe. Originally, we were going to do, well, just keep traveling around Europe. But because we can't stay in the Schengen zone for more than three months in a six month period, we're going to do a three month period getting to the getting out of Greece into Macedonia, Bosnia and Albania, spend the three months waiting for our ability to get back into Europe. Uh, um, and then yeah. head back in, go up via Scandinavia, then head back down, um, and, and then Turkey. and then out via Turkey. Is that mm -hmm. that plan anyway? Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of uh, really helpful vets with really interesting clinics in all the countries you've mentioned. So, um, I'm. Let us know if you're somewhere stuck, so then we, we, we have a look. We might be able to, to help you out. And as I said, it would be so nice to, to follow you on your, on your journey. It's just such a, such a brilliant idea. Um, it's also so that you raise funds for um, a charity. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, there is the Anthony Nolan Trust. What are they doing and uh, why are you raising funds for them? Yeah, so we chose to, we, it's always difficult when you do these big trips and you think we want to do something, we want to raise some money whilst we're doing it. And we made, a, well, our list was quite long. It, you soon realise that actually there are lots of people you want to support and lots of charities you want to raise money for. But we re we sort of whistled it down to the Anti Noland and Vet Life. Um, mm. The reason we chose the Anti Noland, it's a charity that I've supported for a long time. My dad used to work for them. He used to be a research professor for the Anti Noland until he passed away. Mm. And I've always wanted to. I've done the sort of the Three Peaks Challenge for them. And and um, what London. what is the Anthony Noland Trust doing? They, they do research into bone marrow cancer 
predominantly mm. um, and blood disorders. Mm. Um, they do a lot of typing. So if you need to, they, they run the register for bone marrows. So if you, if you are going to be a donor, organize and match then donor and recipients mm. absolutely yeah. as well as doing research into helping people that have those conditions to make sure that those transplants are as successful as they can be um and trying to combat you know and provide people the support that they need so. mm. and then vet life what are they doing so obviously vet life being a veterinary community um vet life provides support to vets particularly and vet nurses and vet, nurses and and vet, vet support vet students pretty much anyone in the veterinary community they provide both mental health and also financial support mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and it's a they have a 24 hour seven days a week um both email and phone helpline for for vets and people in the vet profession really so it's it's a great organization i mean this is uh, obviously for the uh, for the uk but I mean, is this something that uh, not a lot of other countries have this? I mean, they also, I think they they uh, uh, resulted out of the Veterinary Benevolent Fund. Yes, there, there you go. They also have some cottages, so in case somebody needs place yeah. to, to stay temporarily, they, they provide that. And as you said, I mean, it's not only sort of mental health where they help, it's also if somebody, a veterinary professional for has some financial hardship, they have some funds where they can help within limits. And uh, uh, this is such, such a great thing to have. Support for families, you know, because it is the case that unfortunately we do lose members of the profession and, and they're also there to, to yeah. provide that support for colleagues and family mm. members that, are, uh, that unfortunately find themselves in that situation as well, which I think is, you know, important. Yeah. Mm. And you are also very conscious about sort of the carbon uh, footprint your journey is causing. So you're trying to to offset as far as you can do that during the journey. Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, we would have liked to have driven in an electric Land Rover, but it's not really <laughs> that practical from either a financial or a just charging point of view. I'm sure that will change in okay, years yeah. to come um so we were looking early on to say well, okay we are trying to be as we, we like to be as environmentally conscious as possible but we are also aware we are driving a diesel land rover around the world so we've paired up with the world land trust that's right, that's isn't right. It? yeah um and they allow you to calculate how much carbon you're likely to be creating and so we are at the end of the trip going to um, offset, offset basically the amount of mileage that we do personally um, for our own money to yeah try and make up for the the impact that we're we're going to have and we've been trying to encourage our family and friends to to do the same you know just it, it's something we can all do we can't all afford an electric car yet to, or, or have the, the practicalities of doing that but we can all offset what we currently use as a, as a means to make a change or, or try and try and do something to help the environment so yeah 
Yeah, I also noticed that there seems to be a very uh, strong link to Liverpool and Liverpool Football Club because I think you're starting at the Royal Albert Docks in Liverpool and yeah. the journey is supposed to finish in Uruguay at the, uh, what is that, the Liverpool FC in Montevideo, is that, is that correct? Yeah. Tell I'm, us more about that. I'm from Liverpool. I love the city. Um, I grew up there. I have worked there for many years and I love it as a city. Um, mm -hmm. And Lawrence went to vet school in Liverpool as well. Um, and up until last year when we quit our jobs to go traveling, that's where we were both living and working. So I think it's it made sense to start there. Um, yeah. As a city, we, yeah, we love the place. And um, we, well, we found there's a Liverpool football club, obviously in Liverpool. Um, and there's a Liverpool football club in Montevideo in South America. Mm -hmm. So we thought it seemed, given we're hoping to drive to South America, that's the grand plan, that it would be kind of nice to drive from one Liverpool football club to the other Liverpool football club. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I mean, there are some, what shall I say, sort of uh, international ways of communicating or languages that are not languages as such. I mean, sort of, we talked about veterinary medicine already. So, I mean, you, you might actually not understand each other's language, but when there's an animal coming in, I don't know, that has a seizure, yeah. so <laughs> we, we know what to do, which drugs sort of to do, and that will be the same thing worldwide. Football is, I think, another sort of uniting sort of language. Dance certainly is something like that. Chess, for example. I mean, you might not understand the language the other person speaks, but if you speak chess or backgammon, for example, the rules are clear. The rules are the same. Bridge, same sort of thing. You don't need to understand each other. And that's a nice thing. That's also the nice uniting thing with, with football. Uh, And, and there are Liverpool fan clubs around the world. Mm, so. <laughs> so. It's so great. I really hope, I mean, your journey is going to start beginning of October. Yes, 2nd of October. That is still on schedule. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very good. So we will uh, broadcast this uh, uh, before then. Again, your website, if some of our listeners or uh, uh, viewers would like to uh, check this out with far more information, but also ongoing information. Again, it's overlandingambulance.com. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, I have to say thank you very much for joining me for this episode of the Cover Vet Chat. Um, if anyone would like to comment on this episode or has suggestions for future episodes, please email us on vetchat at fikava.org. You can also contact Fikava through our social media outlets or via our website. So um, thank you very much to Rachel and thank to you. Lawrence. Bon voyage to you and also to Peggy. And I like to welcome everyone again to another episode of the Cover Vet Chat very soon.